Welcome to your go-to source for entertainment. Wait for it? Gaming? Wait for it? Anime? Plus Ultra! Mr. Eric Almighty and Phil the Filipino? Yeah, they've got you covered. And all you gotta do is wait for it. This is the Wait For It Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Wait For It Podcast. I am your co-host, Phil Smith, a.k.a. Phil the Filipino. And joining me is your other co-host, Mr. Eric Almighty. And Eric, it is good to be back with you here on The Game Room Where It Happens. You know, last month we went a little bit on the, uh, not I wouldn't say like the negative side, but it was a little bit more of a, a downer and we, we reminisced on games that we don't have fond memories of. However, this month we are doing a complete 180 and talking about a game we remember very, very fondly. And oddly enough, like in our passing and talking to other gamers, it's a game that I feel like not enough people talk about. So I'm excited to do that with you here today. Yeah, and and you know, this may be a little bit of a shorter episode because there's only so much we can go into. So there will be a warning for one particular part of the game, the ending, where we do want to kind of openly talk about that for those of you that have experienced it. But for the most part, Phil, this is going to be uh, somewhat of a recommendation that we're going to be making because I agree. I don't think enough people have played this game. And if you listen to our previous episode talking about It Takes Two, I feel like this game walked so that game could run. And I really think that you really need to experience this if you like the game like It Takes Two. So it's going to be a little bit of a recommendation, a little bit out of the norm, but we are going to reminisce on a great time that we had with this game. Yeah, especially for those of you that are looking for really, really unique and fun co-op experiences. We're excited to talk about this one with you guys. But before we begin, welcome to the Way Forward Podcast. If you are brand new and you're not necessarily looking for any gaming recommendations or you're not a gamer yourself, not a problem. Make sure to check out the rest of our library. The month of May was jam-packed. But I can also guarantee that you'll have a fun time with this episode, you know, whether or not you're a gamer. And for those of you that are returning listeners, welcome back. Thank you all so much for joining us. We truly could not do this without you. Uh, but without further ado, Eric, let everybody know that is brand new. That's sticking around how the game room where it happens works. And then we'll talk about it. So the game room where it happens is one of our recurring episodes on the podcast where we hold a fun conversation about some of our favorite gaming franchises and consoles. Like many previous episodes, we may sometimes bring on a guest with similar interests to our own and we casually hold a discussion for your entertainment. So one of our more casual episodes for you to be able to enjoy. We're going to speak freely about the game. But again, for the plot points, there'll be one specific point. If you haven't played, you may want to skip. That's right, guys. So let's get into it. Here's a little bit of a synopsis of the game and also kind of how the gameplay works. A Way Out is a story about two men in prison. Leo, who has already served six months, and Vincent, who is just arriving. Both men vie to break out, each for their own reasons. Leo already has a plan in mind, and Vincent wants in on it. The players will have to figure out how to work together to not only break out of prison, but determine and carry out their goals once they are free. There are multiple choices throughout the game that can not only affect the gameplay and decisions of the other player, but determine how the story will continue. 
So, Eric, this game was originally announced by EA at E3, rest in peace, uh, in 2017. And it's part of their EA Original series, which is EA's initiative to support independent gaming. Uh, the program allowed Hazelight Studio to retain full creative control, which is very important, while receiving most of the game's profit after the development cost was recouped. EA gave the team a budget of $3.7 million, and the game was released in March of 2018 and received generally positive reviews, and it actually sold 1 million copies within the first two weeks, which is crazy, Eric. Like, where are these other, you know, million people that we <laughs> we haven't spoken to that have not played this game? So there's something very important in there, like I mentioned, is that EA allows Haze Light to have full creative control of their vision. And that is very important because we know how EA is viewed within the gaming community. And there's a big difference between, you know, a developer and a publisher because EA publishes a lot of games. But the people that are working on this game is Hazelight Studio, and they deserve, Eric, a ton of credit for this fantastic game. And of course, It Takes Two, which you already mentioned. Yeah. And, you know, Phil, this is not a company that I was really aware of. I'm sure if there's, you know, a, a big game that I'm not thinking of, I'm sure you'll call it out. But this was my first experience, I believe, with them. And, you know, they have been hitting it out of the park. But this was really that first home run that I had felt from this company. And, you know, I really enjoyed this game. It, it kind of came out of nowhere and it was a surprise. And one of the selling factors, Phil, was that you didn't need to buy two copies to play with someone. In fact, that's how you got me onto it. So cool. In, in an age of gaming where, you know, developers are, are trying to scrape any or every penny from you, the fact that you only have to buy one copy of the game and then you just share the code with the other person that has it, it's awesome. And what, Eric, I think the game was like $30, right, when it came out. It's and it's and It was not very expensive. Yeah, I got to say $39.99 at the max. Like, it definitely wasn't any more than that. And, and that was part of the appeal. For 40 bucks, you could buy the game, give the code to your friend, and with that one copy, you guys can play together, which, again, just was not fathomable in that time period. And then now, of course, you know, we've got the best deal in gaming, Game Pass. So, of course, you know, maybe it's not going to be anything groundbreaking today, but man, when this game came out, Phil, I know we were definitely impressed with that model. And you talked about Hazelight, Eric. This was actually their first game. A Way Out was their first endeavor. And it was uh, Hazelight was founded by someone named Yosef Fares, who is a film director. And he had worked on the game Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. Have you heard of that game? Because that game was really, really well received as well. Yeah, I have heard of that one. Never, never interacted with it, though. So that, that makes sense now that you say that. Yeah, so that was one of his first endeavors in gaming, and then they he found um, Hazelight Studios. So yeah, the, this was their uh, they again, like you said, uh, you know, they really really honed the co op gameplay in this, and then it's just perfected in It Takes Two. But you know, let's talk about some of the other things that we really love about A Way Out, Eric. And, and I know one thing that's super important that wouldn't have made this thing work is the performances from the two main voice actors and the two main characters that I mentioned between Leo and Vincent. And, you know, we've, we've talked about It Takes Two on What Did I Miss, getting a movie. But this one really feels like more cinematic than an It Takes Two, right? Like, I'm surprised this one isn't wouldn't get some sort of even small screen adaptation 
Um, and maybe it's because, you know, the the spoil or the twist at the ending would already have been spoiled. But this one, it feels like just as much as a uh, like a media movie television experience as it does a video game. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm not going to act like I'm the biggest fan of these games that I'm about to refer them to, like or reference them to compare them to. And I want to make sure that I make it clear I could be in the wrong. But Phil, these games seem like, uh, you know, this game specifically seems like more of a refined telltale game. That's that's the way that I mm. personally kind of. Yeah. It. And the reason I didn't like the telltale games too much, I just didn't like the mechanics of how you when you finally get through all the cutscenes and you finally get to play. I, I just wasn't the biggest fan of it now you know to be fair my main experience with telltale was mainly the walking dead so i just want to make that clear but from what i've heard you know there are some other good ones out there but mechanics has always kind of been an issue with that particular you know franchise so i like to kind of compare it to that one because i think it does the same thing but just more effectively and again it is that like movie experience that you get to be a part of i think that's really the biggest appeal of this game and it's its biggest success as far as resonating with audiences yeah and you know when you talk about the telltale games there's a lot of it's pretty much all quick time events and that can be a really kind of um i don't want to say controversial but it kind of splits the gaming community down the middle like most gamers want to experience that moment and a way out does a really really good job of doing that and interjecting the QTEs, but also the actual gameplay, which is really, really solid. And I mentioned those two main characters, Leo and Vincent. Leo is actually voiced by Yosef uh, Ferris's brother, whose name is Ferris. Ferris and Vincent is voiced by Eric Crow. So not not a uh, you know mainstream voice actors, Eric, that we're like super super familiar with. But they both did an excellent job and really allowed you to buy into these characters between uh, between Leo and Vincent. Eric, it's been a while since we played. Do you remember who was who in this? I'm trying to remember. I think I was Vincent, but I'm not sure. I mean, realistically, if we went based off of our actual personalities, I feel like I should have been Vincent. But I do feel like you went Vincent and I went uh, Leo. And I feel like that would have made the the most sense when the game came out with where we were in our lives. Uh, I feel like you would have picked that older, uh, you know, not as interesting character. And I would have been like the young, youthful. Oh, oh, sorry. No, (laughs) I I do think that uh, that was probably the way that we went. But they're two completely different characters. Like, it's crazy to see the differences in how, like, just reckless Leo is. And then how like composed someone like Vincent is. And and there's a lot of key differences like that, that throughout the game start to kind of unravel a little bit as to why they are that way. Uh, And, and, you know, that's one of the appeals of this game is you get really connected with those two characters, even if you're not playing as them, which, uh, again, it's it's extremely key. That relationship making this a co-op game obviously helps with that. And. Some people, if if you've never heard of the game or if you've thought about looking into it, some people may be, you know, turned away from it by the fact that it's split screen the entire time. But that really shouldn't matter because, again, just like Eric said, it allows you to invest in the other character that you're not playing as because you know what is going on with them at all times. 
So don't let that be a distraction. The fact that it's like an old school split screen co-op game, even if you're playing online, that part of the storytelling, I think, was really, really key because if you're just tell, there's a difference, right, Eric, between you telling me, hey, this is what's going on on my screen as opposed to me seeing it play out in real time. Like I'm good at trying to get through a part that allows us to get through the certain part of the prison and Eric at the same time is fighting off somebody else, but I'm waiting on Eric to do something that's going to assist me in my part. So it was a really, really great way to continue to have both players engaged between what's going on with their partner. So I really, really love that. And I don't know if that would be a deterrent for some people, but it really shouldn't be right, Eric. No, not at all. And, and honestly, it's the appeal of the game. Now, you are going to need someone else to play with. I think that is probably maybe the biggest hurdle because some of us only play single player games. So if you know you struggle with that, that may not be the game for you. But I think you should definitely give it a try if you've got a pal close by that you can easily count on to come on a couple nights a week. You could finish this game easily, too, because, Phil, this game is not that long um, and that's not a bad thing. Yeah, you can beat it in like uh, probably a couple of days, but you'll after that weekend, you will be talking about it for a really, really long time. And, you know, that's why we wanted to talk about it here today, because even all these years later, it's an experience that has stuck with us. And, you know, despite the game's heavy focus on multiplayer, the game was described as an emotional adventure. And boy, was it emotional, Eric, especially at specific points. And as a result, cutscenes, as I mentioned, will play out even during online play to ensure that players can understand the story from both sides. The game features a wide variety of gameplay sequences from stealth to driving to ensure that players are often presented with different gameplay situations and generally make the game and its characters more interesting. And to make the two protagonists more realistic, the team ensured that Leo and Vincent have distinct personalities. That's what Eric was talking about. And they have different opinions and responses while interacting with the game's world. And one thing that's mentioned in there, Eric, is the there are a lot of mini games. So there are a lot of really fun moments where you get to play against your, you know, your uh, your partner. And that's that's also in It Takes Two, which is really fun. But Eric, some of the mini games in this are a blast. Like it's a nice little it was a nice little breather from the, uh, you know, very heavy and serious story. And I really, really enjoyed those. And I enjoyed, you know, whipping your ass. That was my favorite part, probably. Wow. OK, well, you know, this, <laughs> you know, this game dealing around, you know, prison break and, and, and revenge. And there's a lot of, uh, you know, deeper tones and heavier tones. Right. Uh, but to be able to sit down with your bro and play some connect Four. Sometimes you just need that break. <laughs> swing. Wasn't there a part where you swing or something like that? I, I, remember, I do believe I also so. remember catching fish. That was uh we had a I, we had a little bit more trouble with that than I care to admit. <laughs> yes, one of us had to <laughs> splash the water for the fish to come to the other person. And usually that other person, me, was out of position. So we had to do that game quite a bit. <laughs> I'm glad you you acknowledge that it was you. Listen, not my strong suit, not my strong suit at all. But, you know, for each one of those mini games, Phil, there was always like a cool action piece or, you know, uh, a set of, you know, quick actions that we had to do within the game. I think we probably want to bring this up as we're getting closer to that discussion of the ending. The hospital scene is still one of the best, like most fun scenes that I've ever done. It's a one shot camera angle 
situation. Like Sifu. Yeah, but between two separately played characters, which I thought was fantastic. And and it's probably if you're not going to play this game, you at least got to pull it up and check it out because it's it's one of the coolest things I've ever experienced. (laughs) Yeah, it's a game, Eric, that I wish I wish back in 2018. And we say this all the time, but this is when it was really true. I wish we were streaming. I wish we had the gameplay to go back and watch and listen to our reactions and listen to our banter because it was just so fun because yeah we can go back and do it now but it won't be the same remember there was a question i asked on the thursday thought over on our instagram page which you guys should check out every thursday and the question was what's a game that you wish you could erase from your mind and play all over again for the first time and my answer at the time was the last of us but honestly eric this has to be up there i would love to go back and re-experience this for the first time so for those of you that have never played it i'm excited for you and i think you're really going to enjoy it because yeah eric that first run through is truly memorable and that's why all these years later we're talking about it so fondly four years later not even three years later yeah phil and we pretty much you know gushed about this game for about 15 minutes here so this is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode because there's not too much we want to spoil but there is a conversation we want to have especially for those of you that have played the game and i'm sure you're curious how we took the ending and the twist of this game so i'd recommend if you want to stay for the rest of the episode to find out where you can find us on social media where you can find other episodes feel free to skip ahead maybe three to five minutes but phil for those of us that have actually played the game that are going to stick around that ending was just probably one of the biggest impactful reasons that we wanted to talk about this game, right? I mean, that twist we did not see coming. No, not at all. And it seems like maybe, go- well, I, I think going through it now, maybe there are certainly some clues and hints. And maybe like at, a, at certain points, Eric, you and I were talking about, man, are we going to have to like fight it out at the end? Is one of us going to betray the other And, you know, of course, it ends up being Vincent and it reveals that Emily and Vincent are undercover FBI agents. Emily got a lot of hate in a lot of the reaction videos that I was watching, by the way, (laughs) and rightfully so. I think a lot of people grew to really, really hate Emily. But that moment there, Eric, it is really heartbreaking because you've spent the last few hours with these characters. You've seen them get to know each other, right? You've seen them interact with, I think it's Vincent's family. I think it's Vincent that goes to visit. Uh, I think it's his sister or maybe his wife. I'm not 100% sure. It was, uh, yeah, it was definitely an ending that if you have played the game, do yourself a favor and go to YouTube and watch the reactions to that specific scene and see a lot of streamers react to it real time. Because again, Eric, if we had just had the foresight to record our reactions at that time. I'm sure it's something we'd still go back and watch today. But yeah, man, that twist and that uh, that double cross, uh, gosh, it's it, it hurt. It hurt bad. Yeah, and you know, if you have played the game and you know it, I mean, and you're, you're obviously listening to us now talking about it, you know how gut-wrenching it was. And man, it, it took us by complete surprise. We were just screaming the entire time in that final fight, button mashing, And you guys are probably wondering, uh, if you've played the game, uh, who came out on top? Uh, Unfortunately, Phil did. I'm sure they weren't wondering that at all. They were. They were. Phil Phil did defeat me. Um, And it was not, you know, it wasn't ideal, but I accept the outcome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that does lend itself to two different endings. So there is a little bit of replay value as well. 
And, you know, Eric, you and I have talked about going back and, and replaying this maybe on Game Pass, which, I, you know, it's the best deal in gaming because it is on Game Pass. But also, if you don't have Game Pass, this game consistently goes on sale on the PlayStation Store as well. So there's really no excuse to not play it if you are looking for that really, really special cooperative experience. Because, again, this is it. Like, a friend of mine, Eric, reached out because they saw that photo Jordan and I had taken of the It Takes Two cosplayers at Megacon. And they were awesome, by the way, if you haven't seen that picture. But they asked me if there were any other co-op experiences like that. And I recommended a way out, even though they're totally different as far as the story and the tone. The cooperative gameplay, again, is just so, so special. But yeah, that uh, that ending is something that's going to... like That's what you strive for, I think, when you are writing a story for for a video game and it's it's even more evidence that game that video games are art and are a legitimate source of media because the plot twist in this is up there with you know a lot of other television shows and movies that we've seen so i think it it really deserves its its credit yeah i'm really glad we did this episode you know we've done some bigger games before but more recently you know phil talking about games like sifu which of course has been pretty popular more recent but not like the most mainstream game. And then a way out, like it's nice for us to introduce some of these games, especially because, you know, we've done some big ones here earlier this year. Uh, you know, obviously talking about franchises like God of War and Left 4 Dead. So, you know, I think it's definitely going to be something exciting to look forward to and kind of talk about a little bit more in depth. But, you know, uh, again, this is one of those ones that it meant a lot to us. And that's really what this you know, kind of recurring series is about is talking about games that impacted us that we liked. And there's a lot more to come, guys. We typically release this episode every month. So definitely make sure to come back for more. But Phil, I think this is a great spot for us to let everybody know, you know, where they can go ahead and find us and where we're on social media. I know we got a lot of episodes we're about to plan out for the month of June. So I'll let you take it away. Yeah, everybody, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did enjoy it and you're a first time listener, do not forget you can find us anywhere you find podcasts, which includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon Music, just to name a few. If you do find yourself listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and you haven't yet, please leave us a five star review. It's one of the best ways you can support the show. Make sure to check out the show notes for our YouTube link for all of our live streams. And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Wait For It Podcast and on Twitter at Wait For It Pod. And right now is the perfect time to follow us on social media because, as Eric mentioned, the June lineup of episodes is about to drop here any day now or may already have by the time this episode comes out. And guys, that is the end of our episode. My name is Mr. Eric Almighty. That is my co-host, Phil the Filipino. And please don't forget, we release new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. And all you have to do is wait for it. So, I heard you're looking for a go-to source for entertainment. Wait for it? Gaming? Wait for it! Anime? Plus Ultra! Mr. Eric Almighty and Phil the Filipino? Yeah, they've got you covered. And all you gotta do is... Wait for it. This is the Wait For It Podcast.